Hi, everybody. It's Dimity McDowell from Another Mother Runner. If you're just finding this podcast that feels like Another Mother Runner, but it isn't, that's because it's full of specialty content geared towards the athletes in our Train Like a Mother Club. A heads up, there's what we like to call positive profanity from Coach MK in the Heart Rate Podcasts, so parental discretion is advised there. Whether you've got your eye on an Olympic distance triathlon, your first 5K, or a half marathon PR, we'd love to help you train. We have programs for most distances in running, triathlon, and ultra races, and a range of plans that suit all levels of running experience and fitness. So if you like what you hear, head on over to trainlikeamother.club to check out the plans and find one that will work for you. Thanks and enjoy the show. Everybody, happy Tuesday, happy Triathlon Tuesday, right, Coach Jen? Yes, yes. This is um, Jennifer Harrison to my right on my computer screen, and coming from to us from Toasty Chicago, right? <laughs> it yeah. Well, it's, it's not too bad. It's probably almost 20 degrees here. It was like 4, 18 this morning, so I'm yeah. freezing because I went for I taught a compu trainer bike class and then did strength and then I've got both my kids home sick, so I um. I haven't showered yet, so I look so awesome. <laughs> you look like a mother. You look like you've been running like a mother, trying like a mother, which is great. Exactly. So I'm Dimity, um, and so this is Jennifer Harrison, who is the triathlon, one of the triathlon coaches. You are part of a dynamic duo with Elizabeth Waterstrat, who is not here today. She's got little littles, right? Like six She has little littles, and, and um, you know, she can be here too, but I just said, hey, listen, I'm the one who's got – a lot more screen time availability than she does. So I have twins that are 15, uh, so they don't really need me that much. But then she's got three kids under the age of six. So she yeah. – and coaches full-time, you know, like I do, full-time. So she's she's a little bit – it's a little bit harder to get her quiet time than me. So yeah. I just thought I would do it. Well, and I love this. So so just um, – you guys are here, and you either have been part of our Train Like a Mother triathlon program or you're coming to learn about it. So um, we're going to kind of take a couple minutes to – kind of go through a quick overview of what we offer um, and ask Jen um, some questions. Uh, you guys have on your little dashboard, you have a place where you can raise your hand or you can type a question. So if you can, you can do either. And I encourage you to kind of ask questions along the way if something comes up and you don't understand it or, um, or you have a question just about your own specific race schedule or whatever, you know, anything goes. We really want to help you maximize your success for 2018. Um, so just know that it's better to ask kind of questions along the way instead of waiting until the end. And I'll kind of weave them in and out of our discussion. Um, and it's great. I mean, you guys, so this is our second year of doing the triathlon program and coach Jen and coach Liz, I mean, I couldn't have asked for a better team. I mean, we couldn't have asked for a better team. Your athletes, um, were so grateful to you guys because you have, I mean, I don't think there's a coaching certification. The two of you don't have combined, first of all, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> I mean, we won't go through them, but I mean, and the tech, the level of technical detail that you guys have is very helpful, which comes into play when you are, you know, maybe trying to go for a longer distance triathlon, like a half Ironman or an Ironman. But as we just mentioned, you, you guys are both, you've got teenagers, Coach Liz has little guys, like you very much appreciate the mother runner lifestyle. Right. So it's not like you're like, oh, you got to nail this out. You know, you're very flexible. You can answer Absolutely. questions on the page, make some uh, adjustments as, as need go on, as need be on the run. Right. Absolutely. And that's what's really important, I think, is that Elizabeth and I breathe and live this not only as coaches, but as athletes. You know, we're trying to do the same thing you guys are doing. Um, and. You know, we've been doing it for a really long time. So we've been through everything. You know, we coach people that have been pregnant, people that can't get a workout in. I just had uh, a gal that I coach in Wales email me. She's like, I cannot get the workout in. We've had eight inches of snow, which for them is a lot of snow. Um, she was, she said, I cannot believe I'm going to send it first, my coach in Chicago this email. But I understand <laughs> that most people don't have snow and cold like Chicago. Um, but anyway, um, you know, and she had a four-year-old at home and she's an attorney that had to work from home. So she's like, I don't know how to get all this. And her husband is traveling. I don't know how to get it all in. So I kind of helped her with it. So that's just really important that you guys are flexible and get in what you can and don't stress, you know, consistency is king, but one bad day or one off day or one missed workout doesn't ruin your plan. 
No, no, and um, and it's really it's really been fun to see people thrive um, on these plans. So I'm going to just share my screen for a minute, so you guys just have an overview of kind of what the plans are that we offer um, in the Train Like a Mother Club. So um, we just added. So this is kind of the main page um, when you go up here to the triathlon programs. This is what it's not clicking on it for me, but because um, maybe because I'm here, I don't know. Um, this is our main triathlon page. And um, we have the off-season program, which is going on right now. We're, you know, kind of in off-season for triathlon. Um, we have a sprint program that is 12 weeks long. We have an Olympic triathlon program that is 16 weeks long. We have the half Ironman, which is 22 weeks long. And then we just, literally this morning, I just finally put up the Ironman program, which is 36 weeks long, <laughs> which is a really long time, you know, nine months. But honestly, why, talk about why that program is nine months long. Jen. Well, the program is nine months long because when you train for an Ironman and you are new to the Ironman, beginner, or maybe you're doing your second one or first one and you're jumping up from a half Ironman, we have to put some – We most people we have, at least for nine months, is for the Ironman because we have to lay this massive foundation of a base. Of, uh, could be 12 weeks, could be 20 weeks, and then from that base, then we get into some of the meat of the workout. And the build for the Ironman is another 12 weeks. So – plus the tapering and the peaking and all this other stuff that we do. So it's a much longer plan for the Ironman because we have a lot of work to do and we need to do it safely. So we have to train for a marathon. We have to do a 112-mile bike. Obviously, you guys know that are doing an Ironman and, and a 2.4-mile swim. And there's the whole nutrition component to that, meaning, you know, Elizabeth and I, let me say for the record, are not registered dietitians, but we spend a ton of time educating ourselves on and, and spending time with people on the uh, fueling part of the, the Ironman, the training, the recovery, and the racing. And there's such a huge component to that. A lot of that Elizabeth and I will get into when we do Ask Me Anything, which is our question day, which is every Monday. We It's currently running right now, but since it's the holidays, it's quiet. But it will be very busy come after the new year. And um, we answer all your questions, and that's where you would pose specific questions for uh, Coach Elizabeth and I to answer uh, as you go through the training and the recovery and the fueling for these longer programs. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and honestly, having, I mean, I've done one Ironman in my life, um, and I had a one-on-one -on -one coach, which was great, um, but I got to say, I would have loved a group effort. I would have loved to have some friends out there kind of obviously not doing the exact same workout with me on the exact same day. But um, it is a long time, and it can get lonely, and um, it's just nice to know that you're being supported and that you kind of have somebody who is more or less where you are, and you can chat with them and cheer each other on. I mean, with all these programs, that, that is for sure the case, and it's really the teamwork and the momentum of the Train Like a Mother Challenges are one of our hallmarks and something that is just really, I find, to be one of the most um, beneficial things of, of the Train Like a Mother Club. But it's especially true in Ironman because um, mm -hmm. it's just a long time to keep focused on one goal. So um, so that's that. And I just wanted to um, – we'll go into kind of the details of each program, but I just kind of wanted to share what else we have up here. We have dates um, for the different distances. So sprint, triathlon, and Olympic distance kind of have a season of May, June, July, August, and September. So we have different registration dates we've – figured out what your, um, what your first day of training would be and then your race date. Um, so that's um, up on this page. And, and the Olympic distance will, the first wave will go off on January 15th to hit the first um, weekend in May. Um, and then we have our July and August dates. And then we went through September because we had some September racers last year. Um, Half Ironman and Ironman are both rolling admission, meaning because there isn't, you know, really a season necessarily for them or the season's kind of spread out through the year and it's it's obviously um, not as popular of programs. We wanted to just kind of keep it rolling in mission, keep it open all the time. What will happen when you register for one of those programs is we're going to grab your race date and give you your starting date and get your newsletters lined up and all that kind of thing. So um, just because there isn't a wave, if, you're, if you've been in the Train Like a Mother Club before, that doesn't mean that you know, we won't take care of you. It just means that you might be a little bit on a little bit more of a solo path. Um, so that's the date page. And then the last thing that I wanted to kind of just share and go over quickly is um, the gear and physical um, prerequisites. 
what we did is we kind of um, split it up by the discipline, so swim, bike, run. Um, for sprint and Olympic, we want you ideally to be able to swim 100 meters or yards. Um, and for half Ironman and Ironman, to be able to swim about 500 yards or meters. Um, and do you want to talk a little bit, um, Coach Jen, about kind of swimming in general and the discipline of it and how to get better and um, kind of lessons and that kind of thing? Sure, of course. Um, swimming people, I always feel like the athletes don't, and this is not directed towards anybody individual, but I always feel like, oh, people like, oh, the swim, oh, the swim, oh, the swim. Um, but I will say, and especially as the distance gets longer, the swim is always very important because it sets the tone for the day. And if you're undertrained in the swim, it makes you fatigued for the rest of the race and it screws up your um, fueling system as well. So one of the things that's really important with swimming um, is that swim as often as we have in the schedule as much as you possibly can. Um, and if you are looking to spend money, which no one is, but if I, if you were to ask me if you had 50 bucks or 100 bucks to spend on triathlon, what would be the number one thing to spend it on? And I would say swim coach, one-on-one -on -one swim coach. Um, that swim coach is a wonderful tool if they're good. A wonderful tool to, to look at your stroke, analyze it. They can videotape you. They can do it underwater. They can do it above water. Um, you know, we do it here all the time. So do that so you can get some feedback because swimming is all technique based. Um, you don't have to worry about doing a ton of long swimming right when you get started or even now, but frequency trumps duration in swimming, especially for the shorter distances. Um, and form trumps aerobic capacity because if you're doing triathlons, you're going to get your aerobic capacity from the, uh, the bike and the running. Um, and, that, and it actually does cross over to swimming a little bit. So if you could work on form, drills, um, all that stuff, it's, it's the biggest bang for your buck as far as, swim, as far as I'm concerned. Absolutely. I agree with that 100%. And I also would say, um, you know, even if you think you're a, even if you are a decent swimmer, I mean, because I'm sure there are a lot of people out there that, you know, you know, um, are good enough, you know, I didn't compete in high school or college, but I feel like I'm a good enough swimmer, and I had the opportunity um, a couple weeks ago to get some swimming pointers, and it was so helpful, so helpful, just to have somebody, like, you know, watch, just watch me, like, notice that my right leg, like, stutters a little bit, like, stuff that you don't notice when you're mm -hmm. living your own body, right, and there's, um, right. A master's swim site, which I will send out. At the end of this, I'll send out an email that has a bunch of information for you guys just to digest and look at. But there's a master's swim site that has coaches if you need them and also master's swim teams. And you're a big fan of master swim teams, right, Jen? Huge fan. Um, I've been lucky enough, same with Elizabeth, to swim on a really good master's team. And there's really nothing better than a good master's team. Um, you know, not only from the camaraderie and for all of you guys that live in the winter in the cold, cold, either the Midwest or Northeast or whatever it is, Canada, um, you know, it's 10 degrees outside, it's dark, you're getting into a pool, you know, that's 78 every single day or whatever, however many days you're swimming, of course. So it's nice to have people there. Um, we do it and we look forward to the hot tub. You know, that kind of stuff is kind of fun and important. Um, but the feed, the also you get constant feedback in Masters and the workouts are um, interesting and you just don't get bored. So if you are, have the luxury of being at a master swim area, look them up, go to one of the classes. You can always do it for free and tell the coach what you're looking for and see if you like it and give it at least a few sessions. You will, the potential of you having to swim other strokes is probably pretty great. Um, I coached masters for years and it was a prerequisite. However, that doesn't mean you have to swim fly for 200 yards either. It just means that you have to be willing to try some of the other strokes. Um, when you're swimming and there is a benefit to learning other strokes it just makes you a better well-rounded swimmer and gets you a better feel for the water so while you don't have to spend most of your time swimming fly it does make you a stronger athlete all around yeah there's, there's no 200 sets of fly in my world um, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, yeah and the other thing like masters obviously has kind of a if you are not used to it kind of an intimidating connotation um, because of the word master right um, right and I think you no, know, but I, I would again um, encourage you if you feel comfortable in the water and you're not, you know, at the level where you're still kind of, um, you know, needing to really like think about when you're going to breathe and, and about a, a bunch of form stuff. Um, I really encourage you to do it because I mean, really, what you said at the beginning, Jen, the price of admission, like knowing that if it, they meet at 5:30 and 
those winter mornings are dark. And getting up and just knowing that there's going to be a crowd of people there and you'll have someone to yeah. chat with at the end of the lane um, or, you know, when, when your set is done and maybe hit the hot tub or whatever, you know, there's a lot of lot of benefit in um, accountability <laughs> and that and that absolutely so um, so that's swimming um, and what we did here is we just put in some mandatory gear um, and then some optional gear fins kickboard um, we talk about wetsuits um, and we will obviously if you register for one of these programs we go to into all of this in depth in like how to find a wetsuit how to you know practice in open water and stuff we just wanted to kind of give you an overview of what you might need um, for biking, there isn't much of a prerequisite. Being injury-free is helpful. Um, both the Half Ironman and Ironman programs start with a 45-minute ride in the first week. So, you know, that you know that can be, you don't have to be able to do that right now, but that shouldn't be too much of a stretch, right? Right, right. So let's, let's, let's just use an example. I think sometimes people are wondering what to do in this in-between. So if you're not using the off-season program that uh, train like a mother offers. One of the other things, in order to start the high, the half Ironman or the Ironman plan for sprint and Olympic, I think you can kind of kind of roll into that, except for the prereqs that Dimity had mentioned earlier. That's on the website. Um, but for the half Ironman and Ironman, we do have some prereqs on the website. But it would be nice that right now you are staying fit. Uh, it's you know it's holidays, absolutely. But you need to, if you could start those programs, not cold turkey, that would be the best. So we have the prerequisites in there, but 45 minutes, 30, 45 minutes, even an hour, even if you're doing more, it's okay um, right now. And, you know, same with the running. So just come to the, start the, pro, the, the half Ironman and the Ironman programs with a little bit bigger base of fitness. It would be helpful. Absolutely. Um, the other thing is all these programs are half Ironman and Ironman and Olympic distance all have kind of a, um, what we call um, a holding pattern. Um, you know, which is a couple weeks of program of um, workouts prior to when your schedule officially starts. Um, you do not need to do it, but if you want to just kind of get your body in the routine of, you know, swim and then maybe bike or, you know, um, bike and then run or just kind of get your lifestyle, getting used to um, what you are going to be doing over the next, you know, 22, 36 weeks. Um, that is a great opportunity, but but again, these plans are long enough as they are. Um, but just yes. so you know, that's 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 available, and it comes with your program. And then the final one is running. Um, again, being injury free, especially with running, is 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 more than ideal. I think it should be expected. Um, and then the half Ironman and the Ironman um, both start with about a 45-50 minute run in week one. So you don't have to run that fast. You don't have to run hard, but being able to run for that duration is pretty important. Um, and I gotta say, you know, with this running, you know, each of these programs has, I mean, it, you know, sprint is going to be obviously different than Ironman, but each of these programs, you're going to be swimming two to three times a week. You're going to be riding two to three times a week. You're going to be running two to three times a week. And then there's strength also, some specific strength workouts that are focused on triathletes. Um, it really decreases the chances of injury, doesn't it, Coach Jen? Absolutely. I mean, it's it, in my mind, and we're all women here. It, it's absolutely mandatory for women uh, to do strength training, and you can mix a little bit of that up. Um, and we've had over the course of this year lots of questions on the Facebook page about what is proper strength. Um, if money grew on trees, I'd tell you all to hire a personal trainer and work one on one with a personal trainer. But money doesn't grow on trees, so we offer a very thorough and doable uh, strength training program in each of the plans. For some of you, it may be too easy. For some of you, it may be too hard. So you need to adapt it and ease into it and just be careful with it. But it is all body. It has some weights, some mobility, functionality stuff that all of you need to be doing. Um, and in the off-season, which is right now, unless some of you are on the flip side of the world, um, then you can also add in Pilates and yoga. Um, I'm a huge fan of stuff like that. I personally do Pilates once a week, and I have for years. Um, and I'm going to get a lot of questions about boot camp, so I'll just throw this out there. Um, I don't love boot camp for triathletes. I think it's aggressive, um, especially for beginner to intermediate uh, triathletes. So there are plenty of people that do CrossFit and do it well and can incorporate it into the triathlon world, but I have more athletes get injured from CrossFit than anything else they do, uh, even more so than running. So if you're doing CrossFit, be very mindful of it. Make sure that someone's watching you all the time. 
but you do have to ask yourself what is max what are you know if you're doing a max deadlift how does that help us in triathlon so make sure that what you're doing in crossfit or any strength program is applicable in the real world of triathlon racing and elizabeth and i will be happy to answer those questions when we do the ama they ask me anything's on monday or you can just post it on there on mondays for us and we'll answer it yep um, and so let's get into a couple questions here because they're they're uh, coming in right now. Um, so Sarah's asking, do I need to have run a marathon before attempting to train for an Ironman? Great question. I get it all the time. Uh, no, absolutely not. Not at all. Um, it's a different training system um, and program for open marathons and Ironmans. Excuse me, marathons off the bike. Of course, we're going to cover the distance, but sometimes we're just looking at time, covering the amount of time on your feet, depending on how fast you are, how fast the runners are. So no, you don't need to do it. It's just a little bit, some people like it because it's a confidence booster, but if you follow this plan uh, as well as you possibly can, you won't have any problems running the marathon after the 112 mile bike. And it just creates unnecessary, uh, it's aggressive. It has a lot of fatigue factor to it. We have to recover from that. There's a risk of injury for the open. The open marathon needs to be much more pace work based. Um, so anyway, you no, know, you don't have to. Yeah, I think that's really smart. Um, that's great advice. And I also feel like I think it's worth saying because we are, you know, a predominantly running based company. Um, the marathon at the end of an Ironman, I feel like it, easy is the wrong word because it is not easy, but it is such a different perspective than it is with a straight up running race. Same with even any, any part yeah. of the 5K and the sprint, a 10K in the Olympic, the half marathon and the half Ironman and the marathon because it's, it's, the last third of the race. You've already done two-thirds of it. And so it's not quite, to me anyway, and I'm only speaking for myself, yeah. it's not, you know, so much like, oh, where are my splits? Where are my splits? You know, um, it's more like, oh my gosh, I'm almost done. And of course I can do this because I do this all the time, um, you know, right. as a mother runner. So it is, you know, the, your pace slows, I think, um, especially in the half and the full distances. But it's not that, like, mile by mile pressure. That's what I found. Do, you, do your athletes find that, Jen? Well, it's a little bit more of less of a pacing issue. So instead yeah. of trying to get an overall time with the open marathon, um, and it depends on the level of the Ironman athletes. Some of the higher end Ironman athletes are looking for times, but most sure. people that are going to be participating in these programs are just looking, I don't mean to finish it, but to finish it and run the whole thing or limit the walk yeah. run breaks or make sure you can fuel during the marathon portion of it. So it's not a I don't want to say it's not as scary, but it's a different. And frankly, it's a done at a little bit different of a heart rate. It's a little bit, heart rate's a hair lower uh, because you've already done five, six, seven, eight hours of, of working out before that. <laughs> so it's, 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 it's different. And it's a huge nutrition issue, which we'll talk about later, yeah, too. For sure, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, Monica's asking, is everybody's plan with um, – within each person the same, or within each program the same, or individually tailored to each person. Um, <laughs> it, 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 it is the same, right? Correct, Jen? I mean, we, we have, it's a one-size-fits-all with the knowledge that, um, I mean, Monica, I actually have your question from before that you emailed us, so I'm going to throw that up as well, but why don't you talk a little bit about the plans um, and, and kind of how they can be flexible for a range of athletes, Jen? Yes, so these programs that Train Like a Mother offers are group plans. The custom one-on-one -on -one programs are, are something you would get with a one-on-one -on -one coach um, um, and tend to cost more money. Um, and I say that just because that's what, you know, what Elizabeth and I do full-time is one-on-one, -on -one, right? Private. Um, and so it's a lot more money and customized to you. However, I do think that beginners do a really great job um, if they have the, enough discipline themselves to follow a group plan and they get the camaraderie from the group. Um, the programs are written for basically, you know, the, the nor I, I don't like the word normal, but the normal working or not working mom um, yeah. who's busy, who's raising one to 10 kids of all different ages, knowing that you guys um, have kids that are homesick, you know, you have to do this, you might be off work, you might be part-time, whatever whatever it is. It's written much more with Elizabeth and I thinking, okay, we're writing this as moms, uh, all ages, so it is applicable to all ages. Now, if we get into, you know, we don't usually have anybody post 70 in here, and if we did, then we would alter that program or help them, off, you know, offline. But in general, this should fit everybody, even ma masters and uh 30-year-olds, 25-year-olds, yeah. 
Yeah, I think I don't think we have 25 year olds, but um, yeah. So um, yeah, I think yeah, we definitely and I, it is for beginner to intermediate athletes. Like I have gone through these programs really with a fine tooth comb that they have written, and they are challenging workouts. I mean, it is not um, it is not you know if you are looking to qualify for Kona, this probably isn't your plan. If you're looking to have a really strong race, this is your plan. Right. I mean, that's really right. how I would kind that's of exactly how it is. It. Yeah. If you're listening to this conversation and you've done an Ironman and you've gone 10 hours, 11 hours, and you're looking to go faster, this is not the right program for you. It will be too easy for you. However, if you're listening and this is the you're moving up from the from the Olympic to the half Ironman or half Ironman to Ironman, and you're uh, scared, it's kind of scared and nervous and and worried that it's going to be oh, is this going to be too much? This is the perfect program for you because. Elizabeth and I have written the Sprint Olympic half and full, also with the hopes that everybody would transition through the through the process if they want to. So if you've done the Sprint, then the Olympic will be, I don't mean not a problem, but kind of not a problem as long as you have the time and you're dedicated to it. Same with the half and the full. So as long as you go in understanding that, okay, you need 36 weeks of your life to dedicate to this. And remember, it's not all, it's not all intense, meaning it's not all... 4,000 hours a week of training starting January 1st. You know, we build you up very carefully into this. Um, and I think if you get onto the Facebook website and read some of the past stuff and read or ask questions about it, you'll feel more confident that this is a great stair-step program for, for you. Whatever level you are, except if you're, if you're in advance to elite or elite amateurs, probably not the program for you. Exactly. Well, so, and this is from Monica, too. So Monica's done two Ironmans. Um, she took off, she took a year off to conceive and a year off to have a baby who's now 16 months. She wants to get back into racing again. She's been training um, for two hours a day, six days a week, but just need to take the plunge. I was super competitive before, either winning an overall award or first in my age group in local races. Um, she's a little nervous to go back into the competitive field and not being happy with the outcome. How can I create realistic goals that still push me but don't set me up for disappointment? I think that's post-baby is such a different world. Um, so, yeah, what would you say to her? Post-baby is a big – is a different world, but then that will that will even out. So after your baby, you know, they're 16 months now, so it's crazy, but mine are 15. I mean, they're not – I mean – you know, it's not, they're not even, it's not even applicable in my world anymore as far as, they don't really care about me at some level, right? So, sure. it, but we always have to set new goals. So, uh, I'm over 40, so I have to set new goals post 40. You have new babies, or you, I have twins, okay? So, I had twins, and so we had to post, and I raced before I had the twins, so I had to set new goals. And so, if you're really competitive, and you, it's really important not to look back, and not to say, gosh, I wish, I wish I was as fast as I was two years ago, or, ah, I wish I could run 5Ks like I did when I was in college. Oh, okay, those days have long, that ship has sailed so long ago. So I think it's a, a lot about being realistic, not being hard on yourself, and making sure that that what the goals that you pick for yourself each year are realistic with where you're at in your life. And you don't necessarily need to do a, an Ironman to PR, to win the age group, or try to qualify for Hawaii or anything like that. Just go and do it as a new mom. And that, frankly, is is I was so happy when I started doing that when after I had the twins. I was like, oh my gosh, look at this. I did this, whatever, you know, half Ironman, Ironman, whatever I was doing. I'm like, oh my gosh, I did this with twins. When people said to me, there's and I was on bed rest for eight weeks. People said to me, you're there's no way you'll be as fast as you were before twins, Jenny. And I, I mean, I was, granted I had the twins at 31, but all I'm saying is that you can dedicate and a small portion of your life to this training and still continue to improve and have post-baby PRs. And soon you'll get back to your old self once you, you know, you'll get back to your old self. It all comes back. It just takes time for various, you know, different levels of time for various people. Absolutely. The other thing I want to say, Monica, you know, if, if um, I realize it's kind of hard sometimes to have a conversation, um, you know, where we're answering questions, you're like, but wait, I want to tell you this. I know, right? I know. If you want to email us, um, you know, and this goes for anybody at TLAM Club, T-L-A-M Club, at anothermotherrunner.com. And, you know, if you have questions about your own situation and you want to just connect with um, Coach Jen over email for a couple, you know, yep. a back and forth or two, we're happy to do that. So just wanted to throw that out there if you want to, um, you know, give her some more details. Um, 
So yes. I personally think that the Iron Man, I mean, it's it's not, it is, uh, it works for a beginner, but it would be challenging, you know, I'm coming back to, if I came back to do one, you know, um, especially after having a kid, I think it would be a perfect on-ramp into kind of feeling like myself again and getting a really strong race under my, um, you know, fuel belt. <laughs> my, my, well, my belt. No, and not having and not having to think about it. I think part of the thing that's appealing to these kind of programs for a lot of busy moms is that you don't think. So no. you can kind of go on autopilot. You download the program, and every day you do what's on the program. If you can't do it one day, then maybe you switch a day and you flip days around a little bit. Especially this time of the year, there's a lot more flexibility. Um, the farther out you are from your race, but that's what I think it's like. Dimity said, it's a nice ramp to to uh, what you're trying to accomplish. Absolutely. Um, Cheryl's asking. Uh, she's looking at the New Orleans Half Ironman um, on October 21st, um, and so you asked about adding weight for that session. And Cheryl, um, so um, though, so just to remind you, the Half Ironman and the Ironmans don't do not have waves. We can train you for you know, a race in January, um, we can train you for a race in October, in May, whatever, you know, you, obviously you're going to want to have the amount of time or close to the amount of time, so, you know, nine months out, so we're looking at Ironmans in the fall of next year, yeah. um, but um, we can definitely can definitely train you for New Orleans, um, and yes. if you want to just drop us a line again at that email, we'll be able to um, tell you when your starting date would be and get you all set up. Uh, okay. So Joan is asking, um, with my race this year, I'm looking to bring my racing goals up a notch. Last year, I had a lot of hiccups from life that didn't let me optimize all my training time. So my hope and expectation is that I'll be able to trust my training to get me farther, more comfortably, com farther and more comfortably. Um, what suggestions do you have for mentally preparing for the step up? Um, is it a good idea to tie goals with the tests that are part of the plan? Um, yeah, so so um, the test, just uh, before I, I let you uh, talk about that, Jen, um, the test in the Olympic plan, it's optional, and then the half Ironman and the Ironman plan, there is a swim test, there is a bike test, and there is a run test, and you repeat it in the Ironman plan. So as you get stronger, you see them every, you know, you repeat them periodically. Um, and they help you set your paces in the pool, they help you set your heart rate on the bike and the run. So it's really helpful to have, you know, and these and the coaches kind of help you with that guidance. So um, on the Olympic plan, it's optional if you're coming in for your first time and you don't want those kind of guide, guidelines. That's okay. We have other workouts for you. But how do you kind of step up a little bit mentally, um, set some goals to make sure you don't let yourself off the hook during training, Jen? Yes. So two things: one, setting goals for yourself and training, and two, the, let me just add on to what Dimity said about the tests. I don't like the word test, but we do use the word test because there's no other. I usually say baseline to my folks, but what I'm trying, what we're trying to accomplish, there's not a better word for test though. So, but <laughs> what I'm trying to accomplish is, is, or what Elizabeth and I are trying to accomplish with this is we, it's important for you as an athlete to have some kind of feedback on if you're progressing. Because you don't have the constant feedback of someone like me looking at your workouts every, after every workout that you do. So we put, tests in there so that you can set up your heart rate zones and the information's all in in your workouts set up heart rate zones for your bike or your run if you if you have heart rate monitor paces in the pool so that you can see over time look at I'm running a 10 minute mile at a lower heart rate than I did uh, 30 days ago I'm getting more fit I'm running you know my pace is improving in the pool so it's important to have kind of guidelines and and um, stair steps into this program so you don't look at this whole program and get overwhelmed and be like oh my god 36 weeks of this Ugh. you know it's just, sometimes it's just too much so look at the the testing I mean Elizabeth and I don't even see the data on those tests so it's for you it's for you as the athlete to look at and to to set up goal, miniature goals with that now into the goal session what I think is important with goals sometimes I have my athletes write goals every month and sometimes every week um, but if you do it every month, every week it's a little bit cumbersome, you'll start, you know, looking sideways. But if you do it every month, like, okay, starting January 1st, what are the top two things I want to accomplish um, in, for my, for my um, plan? Sometimes I have my athletes say all green. And what I mean by all green is that every single work in Training Peaks has been done. Now, Sometimes that's not realistic, but remember, we're trying to do goals, and goals need to be stretched goals so that they're challenging enough 
and a little bit a little bit scary. Um, and it just if you have one red because you get the flu doesn't mean you're a failure, of course. It just means you, you I mean you just try your best, right? Nobody's perfect. But setting up goals for every month, and I think that that's really important important to do. Go have spend 30 minutes with a swim coach. One is one of your goals. Have or have have a friend who you know that can swim well. Um, and over the years, I've defined swimming well. So if you want to know what I mean by swimming well, you can email me with Dimity's um, e with the Dimity email that she gave earlier, and you know, or you know, get my bike tuned up. Get biking shorts. You know, little things like that that just kind of propel you towards one step closer to being successful. I think that's perfect. I would also add, um, I think sometimes we get so hung up on the actual workouts, and of course we want you to complete them as best you can, but there's so much um, other stress in our lives that, you know, as, you know, if you're working outside the home or inside the home, if you have, you know, maybe you have a, a partner who's in the military, maybe you have really young kids, maybe you have a special needs kid. I mean, there's always something that adds stress to your life. So, I mean, self-care. So, you know, a goal, I think, sometimes is just like getting enough sleep, making sure I'm eating well, you know, not necessarily on the bike or on the run, but in between, you know, am I, am I nourishing myself the right way? So there's a lot of ways that you can do that, but I think, um, I think you have some good ideas, and Joan, we'd be happy to help you out kind of along the way, um, help you kind of set some goals based on what you did last year. Um, I think, I mean, Jen and Liz um, have been coaching for so long and are so um, good at it that they can, they kind of know what would be an appropriate goal, like whether it's yeah. a time or a speed or whatever, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay. Michaela says, um, I don't own a bike right now and she's hoping to do, do an Olympic try in 2018 but she also wants to do an Ironman in the next couple of years. So what kind of bike would you um, recommend her investing in, Jen? Um, there's several level or several different kinds of bikes. You've all probably heard of a road bike. Um, and then there's what we call triathlon bike. Sometimes people refer to it as a TT bike, which stands for time trial, but it's at the end of the day, we call them triathlon bikes. Um, the, the difference between a road bike and a triathlon bike is just the geometry of the bike. So the time trial bike kind of puts you a little bit more forward. So you're using a little bit most, more of your posterior legs, your hips, your, or excuse me, your glutes and your hamstrings. In theory, what that does is make your legs a little bit fresher for running. Um, the road bike has a little bit more of an upright. Think about uh, the Tour de France and watching those guys or girls ride in the Tour. Um, they are sitting up a little bit more upright, so it's a little bit more quad focused. So a lot of us buy time or triathlon bikes. If you're thinking about doing an Ironman and you're not planning on doing one in Switzerland or you know some of the crazy hilly ones, I would recommend spending the money on a triathlon bike. Um, there's nothing road, wrong with road bikes, um, but if you're going to be serious about triathlon and want to do an Ironman and can see yourself doing this for the next five years or so, maybe four or five years, then I would invest in a triathlon bike. And there's so many great brands out there. My best advice is go to a reputable bike shop in your area that specializes in um, that, you know, some of your triathlon friends use. Um, and if you don't know, then we can help you try to find one in your area. Um, and test ride them, just like a car. Test right them because there's different kinds of materials. There's aluminum, there's carbon, there's titanium. There's all these different metals that make up triathlon bikes. Um, and like I said, it's just like driving. The difference between driving and of course the difference between driving a Honda and a Porsche. I mean, right? So you, you have to have a budget when you go in there because triathlon bikes are ridiculously expensive. Um, but you can absolutely get a good triathlon bike for and this. $1,500, maybe $1,800 kind of range, and they go all the way up to $10,000, $20,000. And there's pedals with that. There's wheels with that. So there's other things that you need to think about. But we can help you through that, but that's, I would say, triathlon bike. Yeah, and then um, just I just want you to do a little PS on a bike fitting. So if you have oh, yes. own a bike or if you need to get a new bike, let's just talk about the importance of getting it fit correctly. So kind of my the swim instruction is is number one for swimming number one for biking is your bike fit you can have a 10 year old bike you can ride a Schwinn 
You can ride lots of different things. In the Ironman, it's a little bit, little bit more dicey, but for every other program here, you can pretty much ride whatever bike you want to. Um, sprint, you can ride mountain bikes, you can ride cross, cyclocross bikes. So, but the most important thing is to get a bike fit by a reputable bike fitter. They should be certified. Think about it. if you're going to have somebody do your taxes, you're not going to. It's not he, he or she must be a, should be a CPA, right? So, when you same with triathlon coaches, you want them certified just so you know that they're doing the education they need in order to keep things safe. So, find a bike fitter. Usually, the high-end triathlon stores will do that for you. Um, if you don't have a high-end triathlon store, it's worth a drive. Uh, an hour or two hours to go to the best bike fitter. Sometimes some of us in Chicago go all the way up to Madison, Wisconsin for this one gal who's really good. Um, so anyway, bike fit, worth the money. They are, they tend to be a little bit pricey, but if you do it at the beginning of the year, you can carry that bike fit through the entire season as long as you're not having any kind of problems with the bike. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think for the half Ironman, Ironman distance is, is worth the, the price of what it is and just I mean just you guys know that I've had some problems with my back and my leg and I went and got my road bike fitted um, and I mean first of all the saddle that they gave me I was like are you kidding me I mean it's I, it looks it looks this big and I'm like this is not comfortable <laughs> it's so com well comfortable is the wrong word but it is it is perfect for what I need and it is and my fit is it's just sublime you know it is because there's nothing worse than being on a bike and feeling really uncomfortable, your knees start to hurt 30 minutes and you're like, I'm supposed to ride for three hours and I'm worried. <laughs> like, that's, well, that's and to add on to that, Dimity, a lot of bike fit issues present themselves in the run. So I'll have a lot of people, oh, my IT band hurts or my knees hurt or my Achilles hurts. A lot of times it's the bike fit. So wow. I always go back to the bike fit. When people come to me with run injuries or they're saying, oh, my knees hurt or something, I'm like, yeah, you're usually doing something with the bike. With the bike, as much as we ride bikes and as much as we are bike heavy in a triathlon, uh, people need to look at their bike fits when they have running injuries initially. That's 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 really interesting. I never thought of it that way. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Um, Katrine Katrine is asking, how flexible are the plans? She's looking at the half Ironman. My work schedule is very irregular with days off, 12-hour days or nights. So I already know that I wouldn't be able to do all the workouts. Um, and then she's asking if workouts could be labeled as absolutely necessary versus not. Um, we haven't done that, but I think that we could kind of, there's some rules of thumb that we come up with as far as prioritizing workouts um, during the different programs, right? Yeah, we could, absolutely. And I think it just comes down to prioritizing the key sessions. The key sessions would be your long bike and run that week. And then the second one would be your intensity if you're doing sprint and Olympic or half Ironman racing, some of the easier runs and some of the easier bikes, then those would be the first thing to go. Um, so that's how we would prioritize it as far as priorities. Um, what was her other question? Sorry, that's my dog. Um, uh, that's pretty much it. I mean, moving things around. We can help you move things oh, around. I mean, that's, yeah. that's the other thing, too, that, again, using having three disciplines, it's not like you're running, 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 you know, you know so you have to really be cautious about when you – you know, what, what workouts go back to back. I mean, yes, you have to definitely give yourself time to recover, but triathlon, because of the different disciplines, it's it's not quite as um, basic. Enough. Enough. Sorry. Hold on. Okay. I'll talk. So with, and, and to answer, just further answer that question a little bit, you can absolutely be flexible, and especially when you start the program. So where we would want you to be a little bit careful would be the probably the two or three weeks or four weeks leading up to the race. Um, and then if that happens, then you'd be on the Facebook page and you'd be asking questions to Coach Elizabeth and I, and we will help you sort that out through your individual. I also do race, or not race, I also do office hours when things get really crazy in the summer for everybody. So I make myself available for the phone for 15-minute conversations back-to-back -back for a couple of hours, and um, it works really well. We can talk as specific as we want to about you. Um, so there will be opportunity to get to answer specific questions from uh, Coach Liz and I. Yeah, and that and that goes for all the programs, Sprint through Ironman. Um, the other kind of support pieces that we have, in addition to the Facebook page, we are going to, um, we have podcasts and we are um, scheduled, we have set up a schedule, we're going to record some new ones, um, some shorter ones that kind of focus like directly on open water swimming, directly on 
um, you know, making sure you're pedaling correctly. So some, some shorter ones that you can kind of listen to maybe even before you take off um, on a workout just to kind of make sure that you're nailing what you need to nail. Um, you'll get weekly newsletters. Um, you will get, and then, the, and then the office hours and the, um, and the Facebook page. So it is like the best of both worlds in that you have a team and you also have accessible guidance um, from, from Jen and Liz. And I'm really sorry. I don't know who this guy is at the door. Okay, I'm going to ask the next question. Um, Pamela is asking, is it possible to train for a first sprint triathlon by heart rate? And I'm going to go to my door. I'm sorry. Yes. So the question, can you, can you train by your first sprint triathlon by heart rate? Absolutely, yes. Um, and we put some of those parameters into the plan. Uh, the plans are heart rate based um, for the bike and the run, and they're also based off per perceived exertion. If you don't have a heart rate monitor, um, that's okay too. We'd love for you to have a heart rate monitor um, just to have some kind of guideline. And if some of you listening have power on the bike, that works well too because we can set up zones for power on the bike. Uh, but most beginners don't have power on the bike, so we can revert back to heart rate and perceived exertion. So, Dimity, I think I answered that question while you okay. were gone. Perfect, perfect. Uh, again, I apologize for that. Um, and then Anna has a similar question. Do you have to use heart rate for Olympic distance? Yeah, answer. no, I addressed that. I said, you don't have to. It's yeah. nice to have, you know, it's nice to have the feedback, quantitative feedback, but you can use perceived exertion too. Sure. Um, Carrie is asking, she's working up to a 70.3 or a half Ironman in 2019. Is it better to do a few sprints this coming year or maybe a sprint in an Olympic? She's currently um, trained by heart rate in the Train Like a Mother Club and she's doing dopey, which is 48.6 miles um, in 22 days. Carrie, good luck. <laughs> um, tries are new to me. She's a reasonable swimmer and um, the bike is her weak spot and she has a road bike. So if she wanted to do a half Ironman um, in 2019, what would you recommend kind of getting her um, in the triathlon group for next year for 2018? Yes, I would suggest doing a sprint distance, recover from your marathon. When you're recovered, when I say recover, I mean just, well, it's all different. But anyway, spend a couple weeks of recovering from your marathon at least, or if that's your off season, as much time as you need to kind of rejuvenate. Then when you come back to a plan on doing the sprint triathlon, do that in the early season, and then I would do an Olympic in the later season. So when I say later, August, September, if you have that available to you, that will give you the confidence and it will also let you know, okay, I'm ready for this half Ironman. And then when you do the half Ironman in 2019, you can either just focus on the half Ironman or you can do some practice races if time and money, if you have time and extra funds to sign up for that stuff, another sprint or Olympic or both, depending on how much you want to race. But I like the stair stepping. I think what happens sometimes is people just jump into an Ironman after no triathlon experience, um, which is, you know, it's doable. I've, I've done, I've coached people to do that, but it's a much more pleasant experience if you can kind of stair step it. Well, you also, I also feel like it becomes more of a, a lifestyle, right? Where, you know, yes. I mean, it's like the kind of, you know, it's like, okay, I want to run a marathon and they run a marathon and then they never want to do it again because it is so physically draining because they have not kind of built up to that level. Um, because, I mean, the, the good news about the longer triathlons is, is I just feel like, yes, I mean, if you are out to race, you're out to race, and I know you're pushing yourself, but it is so much more about just being out there and moving forward than it is about um, being, like, redlining it, right? Wouldn't you say for most of your athletes, Jen? Yeah, absolutely. So, absolutely. Um, especially first-timers or intermediate triathletes that are doing an Ironman, it's part, it's going to sound so cliche, so bear with me, but it's a part of the journey. People really like the training. I coach people that do an Ironman and they don't want to race anything else because they just like the journey of the training for the Ironman and then doing the Ironman. So, and there's nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with that. You can do an Ironman without doing a triathlon in the same year. The reason we'd like you to do a triathlon is just to get the bugs out. Um, sometimes it, you're just a little bit stale when you only do one race. Um, so it's nice just to kind of get the bugs out and practice in your wetsuit in a real race and all that other stuff. But, Absolutely. you know, sometimes it's not for everybody. Yeah, so we have, so the, um, you know, the half Ironman program has an Olympic uh, distance race built into the training plan, and the Ironman has a half Ironman race built into the training plan. So that's an option for you if that doesn't work for your schedule or your budget or whatever. You know, we can we can amend it, but it's it is a good opportunity. It's kind of fun. You know what? Like it's nice to see where you are um, and get out among the people instead of you know riding solo. 
for another Saturday. <laughs> um, okay, Joelle is asking, how much more efficient um, or speedy do you typically get with clip-on shoes and pedals on the bike? So instead of using the cages where you just put a, your tennis shoe in there, you get the specific cycling shoes and clip them into the pedals. Game changer. Yep, I agree. I agree. Game changer. Um, it, if you're a beginner and you're in the Sprinter Olympic plan, no reason why you cannot use uh, your running shoes and clips, or not clips, but cages. If you're going to do the half Ironman, Ironman, that's definitely the Ironman. Um, and you want, or you want to get faster in the Sprint or Olympic, and it's not your first one, and you want to PR, get faster. It's a, it's a game changer. So it's worth the uh, money, which is not that much more money, and it's also worth you practicing it. So I would absolutely, if you want to get faster, I'd absolutely encourage it. Yep. And um, just you know, so so when you have someone making that transition, do you like send them to a parking lot and just have them like? You know, it's kind of like learning to drive, right? Clip in and out a little bit and just because it's definitely <laughs> you have to, um, you know, kind of. Yes. I well, mean, I, don't, I have athletes practice transitions. I'm put, send them to a grassy lot too, getting on and off your bike, jumping on and off your bike and all that other stuff. Um, yes, it does take a transition and it, and it you will fall. I'll yes. never forget the first time I rode pedals. It's been a long time or rode clipless pedals. And I was with my husband and or husband-to-be at the time boyfriend and I mean I just came to an intersection and I just went eh! and he was laughing so hard he almost peed in his <laughs> pants and I I was so embarrassed and then after that I never fell again so you kind of get the and then pedal clipless pedals um, you get the right bike shoes for yourself and then you get clipless pedals and you can actually oil the the pedals you know WD-40 them so they kind of lube up and they're kind of smoother um, and then you just get used to them. And then the reason we have pedals is the pedal stroke, most people push down too hard on the pedal stroke, and they never get that circle and that push up and push down and push up and push down. And so the pedals, because you're clipped in and you're secured in, you can pull up on those pedals as much as you push down. So it creates a much more uniform output of power and speed when your pedals, when your feet are locked into those pedals and you can just smooth pedal a little bit versus dink 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 like that when you're yep. not when you're in cages. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely worth and it's and it's and it's fun. And but you know, I almost crashed the other day on them as well. So it didn't <laughs> right with them for a long time. So so you just gotta kind of have a sense of humor about it all. Um, I have to tell you this quick story and we will die, Jen. My friend Megan here who is um, was turning fifty, she was doing her first Iron Man for Arizona. Um, she, and you know she wanted to celebrate her 50th year, and she's a, a really good athlete. Like she swam for Berkeley. She's a great swimmer. Oh, she, yeah. um, so she had a great swim, a great bike, and a guy like a Clydesdale. So probably you know 200 plus pounds stepped on her foot in transition with his cleat on and broke her foot. So oh. she went out for four miles of the run and was like, I can't run anymore and now she's in a boot and wondering if she should oh. it's that just stuff like oh, that my heart right crappy story oh, <laughs> okay. oh. I've had people that do that they've um you know you're, you're going out on the swim and you get stuck in the rocks and you break your foot you break your your toe you slash your foot open you need stitches there's so much stuff that can happen in triathlon unfortunately knock on wood Yes. Um, so yeah, bubble wrap. I always tell everybody like the month before your Ironman or even your Olympic or whatever it is race, bubble wrap. So my yeah. athletes will say something to me and I just hashtag bubble wrap. Bubble wrap, bubble wrap. Yeah. Bubble wrap. I love it. I love it. Okay, Lauren is making the jump from sprint to Olympic this year. She's done five sprints. Um, wow. Should she start out the season with a sprint to help give her confidence before she does an Olympic or should I just go for it? When I started triathlons, I never even thought I'd do two, so the Olympic distance slightly terrifies me. First of all, congratulations. Isn't exciting though, like isn't that, isn't that, here I'm going to be cheesy again, that's okay, it's Christmas. Isn't that yeah. what's, what this is about, isn't it yes. exhilarating to kind of be scared about something like that? I say go for it, but there's no reason why you can't do a sprint just because you want to, but do the Olympic, go for it. Have your main focus this year be the Olympic, after the Olympic, if you like it, do another one. If you don't like it, go back to doing sprints. But but go for it, especially if you've done five. You're an old pro at this now. Yeah, I'd say so. And also, if you wanted to really, 
I mean, if you do a sprint and then if you follow our plans, it'll be sprint plus Olympic. That's first of all, you, we wouldn't train for 28 weeks, but you know, the Olympic gives you it's 16 weeks, which is a long time. You know, that's four solid months of training. So you're going to get a lot of confidence in there, and you're going to have a chance to do a lot of bricks, including a swim, bike, run on a Saturday or a Sunday, depending upon what your schedule looks like. You know, how, if you have to rearrange it, but you'll have a lot of time to gain confidence in the um, in like putting the, the disciplines back to back. So yeah, go for it. And like Jen said, and if you decide that you want to throw in a sprint, try a race, you know, in week 11 or something like that, just because you want to just see where you are, like we can help you do that. And that's you know that's kind of go yep. go buy one get one, right? I love I right love right stuff. right. <laughs> <laughs> um, awesome. Well, I think we've hit all the questions. Does anyone else have any other questions? I'm gonna um, scroll one more time through, but um, again, I just you know, um, I just want to emphasize that I really feel like, I mean, granted, I know this is my business, but, you know, I feel like motherhood and um, it's a pretty isolating time and endurance sports are also pretty solo. And I really feel like the people that come in and use these programs get so much more benefit than just the workouts. They get a sense of team. They get the guidance of somebody like Jen and Liz and I honestly like the fact that they are our coaches is such a boon. Um, so, I, you know, if you have any hesitation about, you know, whether you want to try a race or anything like that, let us know. And um, again, it's, it's a clam club at anothermotherrunner.com. You'll be getting an email from us so you can track us down that way as well. But um, we really want to help you reach your goals and we want to make sure that you are, you know, swimming strong and biking strong and, and finishing that run strong. Absolutely, and get on the Facebook page. It, it's a nice sense of community, uh, the triathlon, train like a mother uh, page. And I, I get those, anytime you post, I get a um, like little alert, so I right. will respond to that very quickly. Elizabeth, yeah. likewise, one of us will respond. Um, yeah. But that's a great way to ask questions when you can't literally pick up the phone and talk to, talk to one of us. And you can yeah. pick up the phone and talk to us once we do office hours. So there's a ton of ton of support that will we'll help you as much as we possibly can. Absolutely. And, and Lisa, um, we have one more question. This will be our PS question. Lisa, I deleted this question by accident, um, so I apologize, and I'm glad you asked it again. Um, she has, she's wondering for suggestions on how to pick a race. She just turned 36, and she'd like to do a sprint try before she turns 40. Um, and I think her last question was kind of worded, how do you pick a beginner-friendly race, and I think that's such a good question. So um, how do you it's do that? It's a great question. I wish she put in there where she lives, but... Yeah, um, where do you live? If you can type that, let us know, but why don't you start? Yeah, general. I'll keep talking and just interrupt me when she posts it. Cincinnati. Um, Cincinnati. I'm already interrupting you. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. One of the things, and, and you can take a look at it, you can Google it, but one of the things, sometimes each major hub major hubs, Chicago, New York, LA, and then Houston Tech, you know, all those kind of hubs, will have an all-female race. So there's, back in the day, it used to be called Danskin, Danskin all-female races. There's um, all these opportunities for female races. Those are the most most um, friendly ones because the, sometimes nothing against guys, so sometimes the guys are a little bit more aggressive. So I like those. And then there's just races. Ask some of the people around, like, if anybody lives in Chicago, I can name at least five races that what I would recommend for beginners. And sometimes they're just some of the little small ones where they might have 200, 250 people in a race. That would be another uh, opportunity for you to look at. The other thing would be how confident are you in your swimming? So if you're going to swim in, um, you know, are you swimming in Lake Michigan and Lake, you know, Erie or whatever it is? That might be too aggressive for your first one. If you're not comfortable, find an inland lake, find a small lake, or Sometimes a pool. Sometimes they have beginner triathlon, sprint triathlons where indoors in the winter you can do 500 meters or 1,000 meters, just depending, or yards, in an indoor pool, bike outside, run outside. Sometimes that's a nice stair step, and then if you like it, then try the outside open water, just depending on your comfort level. So if you type in beginner triathlons or triathlon-friendly or triathlon, I can't even talk. You know, beginner friendly triathlons in Cincinnati or in the Cincinnati, Iowa, Cincinnati, Ohio area, it will pop up what's local, and that that would be that would be a great place to start. But usually, the all female ones are wonderful. I agree with that, and I agree with also the smaller ones too, because Carrie's asking about DC beginner races in the Washington DC area, and I think looking for smaller ones is great. Um, 
And then also kind of if you if you aren't confident on your swim, um, asking about the wave situation because typically they'll send you off in um, age groups in your by gender and by age, right? So um, you know if your wave if you're not confident and your wave goes off at the end of the swimming, that's great because then you're at the back of the pack and you know you're t you're, it's all chip time, so it's not um, you know you're not going to lose you know 30 minutes waiting to take to the water. Um, but yeah, I think that that's, those are really good ideas. And again, we can also help you guys. Um, if you find a couple and you want to post them and say which one would you recommend, we're happy to help you do that. So. Yes. Okay, cool. I think that's it. Um, it's exactly an hour, so that's great. Uh, thank you, Jen, for your time. Well, now we'll let you go shower because we know you haven't had a chance to do that yet. Um, take thank off you. your scarf, take off your hat. Stay a while, and, um, and uh, yeah, if you guys have any questions along the way, let us know. I'm going to turn this into a podcast as well, so that will be on the Train Like a Mother channel if you want to listen or if you have friends that you want to recommend, um, and have a great day, and hopefully we'll see you uh, on a swim, bike, run scene. Thanks, everyone. Awesome. Take care. Thanks, Jen. Bye-bye. Uh -huh. Bye. -bye. Bye.